Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. When you are a teenager, every problem feels catastrophic. Emotions are at an all-time high, and when things start to go poorly, there are moments where it feels like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. On February 8th, 1986, a young boy was born who would go through so many hard moments in his life that all left him feeling the weight of the world on his shoulder. A boy who, at some point, had enough and took a gun with him to school. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Charles Andrew Williams Jr., known to everyone as Andrew or Andy, was born on February 8, 1986 in Frederick, Maryland, as the firstborn child to Jeff and Linda Williams. Shortly after his birth, his family relocated to Fort Diedrich, where Andy's mother was serving in the U.S. Army. And when he was about three years old, she was stationed in the Middle East. When she came back on leave in 1990, Jeff and Linda decided to file for divorce, and Linda went back to her assignment, leaving Jeff with Andy and his brother Michael until Linda's return. At that point, Michael went to live with his mother. Following their divorce, Andy and his father moved to California and then to Hagerstown, Maryland. They returned to Frederick in 1992, and in 1993, Jeff bought his home in Knoxville, Maryland, and finally settled down for good. 
Andy, with roots finally down, began attending the local elementary school and almost immediately cemented his reputation as the, quote, kid with the smile. He was bright, an excellent student, extremely active in sports, and seemed to enjoy everything about being in school, especially the friends he was able to make. In fact, in 1999, in the seventh grade, Andy was voted as the student of the month, amongst many other awards, and received the Coach's Award from his football team. He was always surrounded by a group of friends and thrived in the small, tight-knit community he and his father were now a part of. A community and a thriving school life that Andy was forced to leave when his father decided to up and move back to California to be closer to his parents. But he persevered, spent as much time with his grandparents as he could, and started creating new friendships at his new middle school. It is here where he met his new best friend, Brian Burdett, a young boy who suffered from a crippling muscle disease and was the target of frequent bullying. None of that mattered to Andy, and he found himself becoming Brian's protector, and together, they made a major difference in each other's lives. In the summer of 2000, Jeff and Andy moved yet again to Santee, California, where Andy enrolled in the Santana High School, a school where, for the first time ever, Andy didn't feel as though he fit in and wasn't accepted. Then, in February of 2001, something devastating happened. Just days before Andy's 15th birthday, Brian Burdett was killed in a bus-related accident. Andy, who was now being bullied himself, had just lost the one friend he knew and he trusted. Desperate to fit in somewhere, Andy started hanging out with the skateboarders who, though more accepting, still bullied him pretty frequently. It was also around this time that, according to later reports by his father, an older man started buying the boys alcohol and drugs in exchange for sexual favors. Andy did not mention this abuse until long after his arrest. The man, Chris Reynolds, was incarcerated in Oklahoma for molesting adolescent boys. In early 2001, Andy made an attempt to speak with his school counselor about what he was going through, the abuse he was enduring, the bullying that was being slung his way, and the devastating loss of his best friend. Unfortunately, he was instructed to return to class because the office was full at the time. He was reaching a tipping point and mentioned that he, quote, didn't want to live anymore, which only resulted in more name-calling and threats of bullying. On March 2, 2001, Andy and his classmates reported that his drama teacher had humiliated him in front of his class during some acting exercise that, according to Andy, he felt was an abusive setup. Even to the untrained eye, it was clear that Andy was a powder keg ready to explode, even commenting on two occasions about, quote, pulling a columbine at the school. However, for one reason or another, none of these threats were ever reported and people continued to pass him by. On March 5th, 2001, at 9.20 a.m., 15-year-old Charles Andrew Williams Jr. walked into the boys' bathroom at Santana High School, loaded his father's eight-shot twenty-two caliber revolver, and fatally shot a freshman boy. He then left the restroom and began firing down the hallway towards his fellow classmates and killing another student in the process. According to a witness, Andy kept walking out of the bathroom, would fire some shots, and then retreat back inside. 
The kids inside the school descended into chaos as they tried to flee from the hallway, hiding wherever they could manage and scrambling to safety. Within minutes, the school was in a full lockdown as Andy reloaded his revolver. As he stood inside of the bathroom, a student teacher named Tim Estes and the campus security supervisor, Peter Ruiz, walked in to check on what Peter thought at the time were the sounds of firecrackers. Upon entering the bathroom, Peter was shot once in the shoulder. The men attempted to flee the room, Peter hit twice more, and Tim hit in the back with a bullet that exited through his abdomen. Two off-duty police officers who just so happened to be visiting the school were alerted to the shooting, but unfortunately were on opposite ends of the school. When the first reached the bathroom, he called for backup, and more officers began filing into the hallway. All at once, they charged into the bathroom and found Andy Williams kneeling on the floor with the weapon still in his hands. He said he wanted to take his own life, but was unable to do so. In the end, Andy shot and wounded 15 people, two of whom died in the process. They were Brian Zucor, 14 years old, and Randy Gordon, 17 years old. Andy surrendered to the police and the San Diego SWAT team was called to assess and clear the school building. After his arrest, Andy told the investigators that he was, quote, tired of being bullied. But on the way to Juvenile Hall, he said he was dared into doing this by his friends. Regardless of his motives, Andy was sent to juvie where he became a model inmate, completed two years of high school, gained weight, and wrote letters to the public defender who was fighting to have Prop 21 declared unconstitutional. After the ruling in the proposition's favor, Andy was taken back to court and tried as an adult. While awaiting his trial, the band Linkin Park, of whom Andy was a fan, were blamed for influencing his actions the day of the shooting. Andy allegedly wrote a note to his father just before the shooting and quoted the band's famed lyrics. I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. On June 20th, 2002, Andrew Williams pleaded guilty to all of the charges against him in order to avoid a trial. On August 15th, he was sentenced as an adult to 50 years to life imprisonment and ordered to serve his time in the youth offender program until his 18th birthday, at which time he would be transferred to an adult prison. He was given credit for the 528 days he already served and was fined $10,000 in restitution. After his sentencing, he apologized and expressed deep remorse for the shooting. Andy was transferred to an adult prison on March 1st, 2004. During an interview with Nova, Mind of a Rampage Killer, Andy admitted to feeling suicidal for months before the shooting, described all of the pain he was going through, and how numb he felt day after day. He claimed he didn't realize people would die and said he wanted to, quote, make a lot of noise and then the cops would show up and said his real plan was to take his own life by way of police fire, but, quote, changed his mind at the last minute, dropped his revolver, and surrendered. There is currently a campaign to get Andy's sentence reduced, with supporters arguing that the judge was far too harsh for such a young offender, and would like to see a retrial in the future where he would be charged as a juvenile. All efforts thus far have been denied. Andrew Williams Jr. is currently, as of today, 
36 years old and will be eligible for parole in 2025. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened on February 9th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.